Welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty, an industry podcast for loyalty marketing professionals. I'm your host, Paula Thomas, and if you work in loyalty marketing, join me every week to learn the latest ideas from loyalty specialists around the world. Hello and welcome to episode 100 of Let's Talk Loyalty. And before I introduce today's guest, I want to take a moment to just firstly realize that I've actually recorded 100 episodes of the show. It's not something I ever imagined happening. And many of you listening will know that I set out probably to record four, five or six episodes, literally to see if this was something that I enjoyed doing. Now, clearly, there would be absolutely no point in sitting down to record these interviews every week without all of you listening. So I want to say a massive thank you to everyone who listens to this show, literally to make it all so worthwhile. So I'm excited for the future. Um, 100 down, who knows how many hundreds more to come. So today's guest is a gentleman by the name of Renato Ramos, and I was really interested, in fact fascinated, to hear his particular role as Director of Loyalty for the Star Alliance, which many of you will be familiar with as the largest global aviation alliance with 26 member airlines. So you can imagine the sheer amount of coordination that is required in order to coordinate their global loyalty programs. So Renato talks us through exactly how they do all of that. We also touch on some really interesting topics, such as the importance of understanding your share of your customer's wallet and how that can be actually measured, monitored and improved. We also talk about uh, the impact of COVID, so clearly the pandemic and some of the trends and solutions that Star Alliance Airlines have put in place. And finally, we talk a bit about some key areas that Renato is interested to explore for the new normal. So Renato, please tell me what is your favorite loyalty statistic? Oh, Paula, I'll try to be more pragmatic today. Uh, and explain to you that my favorite uh, uh, loyalty KPI is share of wallet. Uh, from my experience, I've already seen even the uh, most frequent customers, sometimes they still have some room for improvement with their share of wallet. <laughs> okay. So, so I, I would really like to go back to the basics of loyalty strategy and loyalty programs to say that we need to make the frequency yeah. higher, right? So sure. share of wallet is super important for, for, for the business, I would say. Wonderful. And I know you first came across that one, Renato, from your work in your home country of Brazil, if I'm correct. Um, so, so I'd love to, you know, really understand why did that particular one resonate with you? Yeah. So uh, once I was uh, having a conversation with our co-brand partner and uh, just identifying the volume of purchases done by our members from our our credit card holders yeah Uh, and uh, and we 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 found out that they they were buying tickets from our competitors as well yeah and uh, and and that our share of wallet was something around 50 percent only with our top tier members so then we we decided that uh it would be better 
to start with some uh, retention initiatives, like mm-hmm. a very tailored uh, CRM uh, messages offers to these customers because we knew everything that they were buying and, and what were their needs, right? And it was yeah. even cheaper than, well, that is a, a cliche, but it was way cheaper to yeah. retain this super uh, valuable customer than just going out and acquiring a new customer, right? So yeah. uh, this was the ba- this is the basics of loyalty. So yeah. that was when I realized that, and and then it was super effective. So just really? with, with uh, some small efforts, we could increase the share of wallet, and and then the, the profitability was was huge with this wow. initiative. Yeah. Wow. I always love to hear actually that something has worked, Renato. So well done, you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> and and genuinely, actually, I was going to ask you, but you've already answered that part, which was what was the source of the data? Mm-hmm. Um, because I do think a lot of us running individual loyalty programs, particularly if we're outside of alliances and coalition, we obviously don't really get a lot of visibility. So I think it is payment partner and, and co-branded credit cards, as you said. Yes, yes, definitely. So even though we have many different sources of information, sometimes we didn't yeah. have we didn't have the ability to uh, to manage properly all of these different sources. So uh, yeah. I strongly recommend um, uh, colleagues to to share data with their uh, partnerships. Um, yeah. So to, to try to get different insights, this one, for yeah. example, we would never be able to to have a picture from outside of the company, right? Um, mm-hmm. Of course, holding all the the NDAs and 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 and, uh, and yeah. not uh, sharing any any data that could be uh, yeah. yeah individually sensitive. Or, yeah, yeah, of course, absolutely. And what I'm hearing, and just to just to clarify on this point, for me, very often my decision about the airline that I travel with is dictated by the schedule or um, you know the pricing. So mm-hmm. what I'm hearing though is not, they were almost comparable. So your competitors were flying to similar places. The pricing was on a par. Mm-hmm. Um, so the gap was almost in the communications and recognizing and maybe communicating something relevant to your member. Yeah, exactly. So for many times, uh, we try to identify the key motivation factors for a customer to decide which airline they would fly. And uh, of course, first one was price. And that justifies a lot uh, how uh, the market has been reacting these recent years on having yeah. this super competitive uh, uh, approaches to price with low cost carriers uh, growing so much, right? Uh, sure. And price is is definitely the first one uh, key motivator to decide for an airline. Uh, sure. Then after that, mm-hmm. uh, it comes the right time and mm-hmm. and and the right network. Yeah. So, uh, so going where I need to go, the time that I need to be there, and mm-hmm. with a good price. So let's sure. say that this, uh, these are the basic, the basic things that an airline should have, right? Yeah. Uh, and then the after this basic mm-hmm. comes loyalty. So mm-hmm. after price, after yeah. flying where I need to fly and the time that I need to fly comes loyalty. And okay. the funny part <laughs> is that I, saw, I I heard from many customers that yeah. somehow they tried to manipulate the ones that they could, like changing <laughs> the time of their meetings just to, to be oh. able to justify to flying Wonderful. with that specific company. Yeah. 
That's amazing. Okay, well, there's a success right there. I hope you got all testimonials from these people. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, cool. So from that amazing experience now, um, you're certainly the first person that I have spoken to who is, let's say, supporting, I think you said 20 programs across 26 airlines. So um, extraordinary work that the Star Alliance does. So uh, really curious to see exactly how the whole operation runs uh, because it does sound incredibly complicated. So perhaps you'd explain just how the whole thing comes together. Yeah, thank you, Paula, for the opportunity to explain that. It's not it's not uh, traditional. It's uh, it's not uh, it has some uh, some specific complexities. Uh, so I had previous experience experiences managing loyalty programs in Brazil. Okay. Uh, two of them from uh, airlines, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and then when I came to this position, well. Here, I, I, I don't manage directly any loyalty program. Uh, okay. But uh, as you said, perfectly, I support 20 others. And, yeah. this, and these programs, they have their own strategies to okay. make their customers more loyal in their home markets uh, okay. so, and, and within their networks, uh, mm-hmm. fighting against their local competitors, right? Okay. But there is this, this spot this sweet spot that I support them, that is when their customers want to fly to places that they are not serving. And then they can use their air partners to get there. So it involves connections. It involves going a little bit uh, more distant than that that, that, that carrier can reach currently with their network. So then I connect airlines to other uh, customers from other uh, FFPs, from other loyalty programs. And then there it comes the seamless experience that we try to provide to the customers, uh, the the ability to earn and redeem miles in a a bigger scale Mm -hmm. with with other uh, airline uh, partners. So that's the beauty of it. So it's more of a articulating with the with the loyalty experts from this 20 different loyalty programs yeah. to to see the value of addressing this customer which is a mm-hmm. value, valuable customer uh, mm-hmm. to uh offering him or offering him or her this, this customer the this uh, extended uh, seamless experience right and this okay. is what an alliance can provide i think uh, mostly yeah. so yeah. the nature of a loyalty within an alliance uh, goes to uh, to the customer experience side of it, like uh, offering this seamless sure. experience everywhere. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. And you've used that word actually a few times when we've spoken, Renato, so it seems to be almost the key word that your entire role is focused on is the seamlessness, yeah? Yeah, I, I th- not only my role, but the entire uh, alliance role uh, to guarantee uh, yeah. to customers that they can fly abroad and keep a seamless yeah. experience, right? Uh, I, yeah. Sometimes I, I, I make fun with, with my CEO and tell him that <laughs> we are a loyalty company. We just we just uh, do the alliance <laughs> part as well because out yeah. of the seamless experience, earning and redeeming miles is key yes. in yes. an alliance. So it's a value proposition that is super important. And for that, yeah. we offer our member carriers uh, hubs and platforms uh, to connect them. 
So okay. if I could add a second word to that, like after yeah. seamless is connectivity and, okay. and the ability to exchange all this information, right? Because yeah. as we were talking before about, uh, about share of wallet, it's super difficult to have access to some information that sometimes is yeah. inside the company. Imagine when this customer is traveling outside. So uh, <laughs> this is where, this is where uh, we, we are important for our members to, to connect them. So they, mm-hmm. will, they are able to, to identify this customer, identify that he's traveling abroad yes. yeah. and, and, and grant him the miles. Uh, uh, allow him to redeem this this miles with a flight yeah and for the top tier members for them to be recognized abroad because then it's part of a seamless experience right because if this customer has access to lounges when flying within this airline network and when he's flying to the other side of the globe maybe a, a more exhaustive flight Right, sure. because we all know that, that it can be, uh, yeah. he wouldn't be able to to join a, a, a lounge with a partner, yeah. and and we we allow that this this lounge from another airline yeah. can identify that this is a valuable customer for the okay. partner, and then okay. the access is granted. So Wonderful. we have a set of what we call Starlines Gold and Starlines Silver benefits. That okay. is an agreement between the carriers that when yeah. they identify that a customer is a valuable mm. customer mm-hmm. uh, uh, for the other partner, they mm. grant access to this uh, set of benefits. Yeah, love so it. So these are the, th- the three pillars for us uh, okay. uh, in loyalty for Alliance. Earn, okay. redeeming yeah. and recognition and making okay. this available, uh, as I said before, where... Yeah our member carriers, they cannot reach directly with their own network. Okay. And just to do a little bit from the history book as well, Renato, um, as when I was researching in preparation for today, very impressed to see that the Star Alliance was the very first global aviation alliance ever created way back in 1997. And I even know the five beginning airlines. Will I mention them for our listeners? Yeah, please. Yeah. So, uh, so what I loved obviously was all of the different continents that were covered. Uh, United Airlines, Scandinavian Airlines, Thai Airways, Air Canada and Lufthansa. So truly visionary, I guess, to have those five at the beginning. And now, as you said, 26 companies. Yeah. And, and, and it's impressive to see how many other countries just, uh, just uh, were added to this that this sure. were were <laughs> map right uh we have yeah. uh, companies from south south america where i come from we have companies yeah. from uh uh new zealand uh, from uh asia even more uh, india we have sure. companies from africa so it's yeah. a true global experience and it, it's a privilege to be part of this team uh, yeah. not only because we have so many different cultures mm-hmm. within the star alliance team but yeah. because Daily, I experience uh, having conversation with people that deal with the same issues, but yes. they have completely different perspectives just because of their background, because of yeah. how they see this problem, and because yeah. sometimes they, they address it, the problem in different ways, and it yeah. worked just because the customer... <laughs> It <laughs> was open to 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 have to have a positive response to that, just yeah. because it's a different place in the world with different backgrounds, with different cultures. So yeah. that that's why I'm passionate about about this position, like to yeah. about uh, understanding customers, customer needs, and customer backgrounds. 
yeah. and even people, even the, the people that I work with, uh, sure. they have their different backgrounds and different uh, experiences, different cultures. Sure. And uh, it, it's really, really interesting to be close to them. So on a practical uh, level, Renato, my, my mind is boggling with the complexity of aligning 20 loyalty programs. And yes, there's, you know, 20 years of history, 24 years, if my math is correct. So, you know, the original concept obviously is very, very well embedded now. But just on a practical level, how do you manage to, uh, to coordinate those programs just on a week to week basis, day to day and month to month? Yeah, you're right. We are getting to the 25th anniversary and it's wow. impressive how many companies, right, we, we know in, yeah. uh, that, uh, that reached that, that mark. Yeah. Um, uh, and even with this complexity, because in the end, we cannot deny that in some markets, these companies, they are competing with each other, right? And sure. how they can, they can have uh, uh, a positive result on partnering with them within yeah. Europe, within Asia Pacific, within, uh, uh, yeah, America. Um, yeah. So it's uh, the, the challenge here is to keep uh, the, the structure of the, the conversation going on. So we have a very strict, strict calendar uh, okay. of meetings that unfortunately had to be adapted due to the c- current situation, right? Uh, so we started using uh, virtual meetings as well. And, sure. and, and from one aspect, it was better to keep the conversation going on, but yeah. th- that was a challenge as well uh, yeah. t- for more intense discussions, right? Uh-huh. Uh, so, um, but this calendar is very important to uh, to define the where we are going and mm-hmm. when and what top and which topics do we want to prioritize. Then sure. we set up the, the, the year goals and everybody tries to prioritize these initiatives. And okay. some of them, they become uh, uh, standards for the alliance. And then we reach the seamless experience. So okay. it always starts with business needs. They are okay. discussed, aligned, yeah. prioritized, okay. implemented, mm-hmm. and then it mm-hmm. becomes a standard. So for okay. example, if I had an airline today, Renato Airways, uh, and I wanted to join the alliance, (laughs) I would have to fulfill certain criteria that was set before I joined the alliance, right? Of Uh, course, yes. Mileage earning, mileage burning, uh, with the the recognition, just talking about loyalty only. Sure. Uh, And this was, this is not by, by coincidence that this was defined beforehand by the loyalty experts that yeah. define a business need then set a timeline for implementation, prioritization, mm-hmm. and then created an alliance standard. Yeah. So that is where, that is how we can manage the, uh, the seamless uh, experience that we just mentioned in the beginning yeah. of the podcast. Absolutely. And just as a general observation, is it often that the, or does it ever happen that the um, alliance priorities are very different to the individual airline priorities? Does it happen a lot? Does it happen never? Like I'm, I'm curious as to if I was the loyalty manager, for example, in United, you know, which one takes priority and precedence because it's such a big task to execute any change to a loyalty program? Definitely. And, and we are talking about a share of their customers, right? So yeah. sometimes decisions that uh, are taken because of the other share of customers, the local domestic customers, they sure. might impact 
uh, the 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 ally. Let's put it this way: the alliance customers, customers. right? I got you. So, uh, uh, but then you have you have to to execute it. That's why the standards, what we call the core values, they are yeah. audited every year. Uh, okay. So the carriers continue to do that, and any exception uh, okay. uh, should be requested to to the board of the okay. alliance so yeah. for example if a carrier that is fight that is fighting a, a local competition with a low cost maybe yeah. uh, and want to reduce the mm. the benefits they they cannot do that on their own because this might impact the alliance customers and the the yeah. partners flyers when they are traveling with them so yeah. there might be a discussion so it's 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 a commitment to be part of of an alliance of any alliance, right? Any alliance is a commitment from, <laughs> yeah. from marriage to. Uh, I was thinking the same. <laughs> to uh, an airline alliance, so you should yeah. they should keep the these standards that were aligned before. Yeah. Uh, while offering uh, their daily services. Okay, okay. And I guess it comes from a place of respect. Um, As you said already, Renato, you know, many of these airlines have been around for for over a decade, probably two uh, or two and a half, in fact, coming up to your 25-year anniversary. So, yes, I guess they understand that they would impact their global customers. So so you have to take care of them all. So so that makes perfect sense. And because it is 2021, um, we can't not talk about COVID, Renato. Um, tell me, how has that impacted uh, loyalty within the Star Alliance? Have you seen massive shifts? Um, I know you've done all of the global best practice things, for example, about extending status. But I would just love to hear your comments about what is happening with, with the COVID implications. Yeah, for sure. It has been dramatic, the situation, not, not only for, for us, as an yeah. alliance, but for our members, for sure. In yeah. some places, we saw uh, airlines uh, stop flying for a while. The alliances, uh, some carriers, member carriers, reducing their networks. Uh, yeah. uh, so, uh, and we needed to adapt. And the, the most uh, difficult part is that our customers, so the share of customers from the member carriers that fly abroad in other partners network they will yeah. be the last ones to come back to fly or sure. uh, because because they they will need that uh, regulations are in place that the vaccination will take place that you have yeah. some uh, uh, aligned yeah. criteria to validate but they will have to have borders open for for long distance flight so this will be the last customer to return with uh, a okay. full You're activity right. And when they get yeah. there, and when yeah. they get there to this full activity, it will be a different customer. And we need to know that a customer that has been through an experience of having to deliver their business with other uh, uh, alternative uh, manners, yeah. like a, uh, so they, as I was just mentioning, we had more uh, 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 virtual conferences. So how did this impact our customers? behavior yeah. on making business right sure. uh, and, and and the best way it, that we that we can do is not to fight this trend but understanding and and how and 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 try to identify how can we co- yeah. uh, correlate with it okay. uh, like uh, not 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 just uh, leaving it aside so yeah. in order to do that we we had a series of of customer surveys to understand how uh 
customers seeing this new trends, mm -hmm. new technologies, mm -hmm. and how this will impact their travel behavior. And okay. what we, we expect so far is that, yes, virtual conferences will still be a thing after COVID sure. uh, and will support a lot daily business. But new business and closing the deals Okay. They, they cannot be fully replaced. So people okay. will still travel a lot. People will Great. still have face-to-face, -face, of course, respecting yeah. all the restrictions and the conditions. But, it will uh, but a good face-to-face -face meeting will never be replaced like uh, for a yeah. virtual uh, meeting, right? Uh, totally. But, but yeah. we need, we need to, to find a way to uh to live with this new scenario right a carrier sure. uh, member carriers will have to adapt to that and yeah. and and we and, and in order to to support frequent flyers to come back flying mm -hmm. we have what we call a travel information hub yeah. in our website where it looks fabulous we yeah. try to 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 bring uh, information to the customers like where they can fly what do they need when they yeah. are planning to fly somewhere. So mm -hmm. uh, information is super important because we can get information from many different places. So reliable information is super important when you're planning to to have yeah. to travel somewhere in this yeah. new 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 normal. Well, for sure. Yes. And the word fake news, which I really don't like, but um, you've actually just reminded me it's only brands like Star Alliance that I would go to because I know I can trust the information. So um, so that really is uh, critical because we were talking before we came on air about some huge positive developments that are starting, you know, just these little glimmers of hope for the travel industry where certain countries are, you know, welcoming customers that are vaccinated and no need for PCR tests, which I will be delighted when I can uh, travel like that. Um, I think, for example, I saw the Seychelles, I saw Greece mentioned, and I'm sure there's others as well. But definitely when I saw the COVID hub on the Starlines website, I thought, oh, this is fabulous as a resource because of the brand. So it's really extraordinary, I guess, in terms of how brands really start to become even more critical to drive that emotional loyalty, as well as the, the transactional stuff that we all know and love. I think your brand is going to stand you in good stead at this time. Exactly. As you said, now uh, we see some movements of uh, this travel bu bubbles being created within, okay. uh, nice. uh, within specific countries. Yeah. So maybe a travel bubble will be created between Australia, New Zealand uh, yeah. and, and, and the region. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and of course, this has an impact, as I said, the, our yeah. customer is the one that travels abroad, that travels uh, uh, outside of the network for for that for that carrier. Sure. So um, I, I, I can expect that um, that it would take some time for us yeah. to be completely uh, aligned. And and our brand uh, coming to the twenty fifth anniversary is super important. It's a huge ex as asset that totally. we have developed in the last in the last years, and yeah. it, it comes from the standards, the core values that we have in place that customers really know that they can trust. It's kind of, and yeah. I've been there, I've been in, in, in airlines that, um, that, that started being part, that launched the, the partnership with Star Alliance. And I remember yeah. the impact that the Star Alliance brand had yeah. in our local brands. So okay. it, it's kind of a stamp of, of uh, approval uh, of, yeah. uh, of that, that, that the customers from, all around the world, we will feel uh, yes. um, 
safe reassured. and we'll be reassured yeah. on traveling yeah. uh, with that airline. So it, yeah. it's 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 really it's a really important asset that we have today, and it was yeah. built on top of the core yeah. values, on top yeah. of the standards that mm -hmm. were built on top of knowledge that 26 different carriers put together right so wow. it's it's super rich so these meetings this conversation they are super rich oh for sure yeah and i'm a little envious renato of those type of even regular meetings that you mentioned where you have you know your 20 loyalty program directors i guess sitting around and really discussing in detail so i'd say the learnings that you get just from facilitating and, and guiding those conversations and ensuring as you said the excellence and execution it must be just fascinating yeah it it's fascinating from both sides, from the personal side and from the professional side, because yeah. it's it's almost a UN meeting with so many different people. <laughs> of course, yeah. I can imagine. Yeah, and with so many different backgrounds, and and it's interesting to see how they approach business in different ways and their different results. So yeah, it's, totally. I, yeah. I, I can say that, I, and I, it's 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 a privilege to 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 be in this role in yeah. my career, definitely. And I loved what you mentioned before we came on air about how you support um, what I know you call non-home markets. Mm -hmm. So I'd love just for listeners, if you would give the example that you told me about the type of activities that you do uh, where you don't have a home carrier. Yeah, so as part of, of uh, things that we have done, but they were not in the core business. And okay. now with this new uh, post-COVID uh, world, this new normal, we might address uh, effectively is our strategy from for the non-home markets. So imagine that we have what we call the home markets, which are the domestic markets for our member carriers. Okay. And we have the non-home markets, which are markets that we don't have presence mm. of a local carrier. And okay. in these markets, there the, we have many carriers flying to these places, mm -hmm. and many uh, uh, we might even offer connection services, uh, lounges, brand, Star Alliance brand, branded lounges in this, in this uh, market. Location, great. Um, and, and, but today we don't have a loyalty approach to this market, an effective loyalty approach to this market. Okay. Uh, and what we are, trying, we are trying to focus in that, uh, mm -hmm. for example, in, in the UK, today when you fly with any Star Alliance member, and you have the Star Alliance Gold status with the airline FFP. When you travel to downtown London from the airport and you take mm -hmm. the Heathrow Express, you can mm -hmm. get an upgrade uh, from wow. the cabin. And so uh, nice. things like that, like this small perks, or even maybe stronger initiatives uh, mm. for earn and burn, we are studying with the airlines when it will be the right time to offer that. Okay. Uh, but we can uh, we can we can use the same uh, aspect of helping our member carriers to reach places that mm -hmm. they are not there uh, mm -hmm. uh, with the support of partners or mm -hmm. not even with the support of partners with joint efforts in those yeah. markets, right? So yeah. that's what we have been discussing recently, and mm -hmm. it might uh, be uh, the case that. Soon we'll have more um, more initiatives like this one, and we can schedule a second chat. Ooh. And I can tell you that in advance. <laughs> Hot uh, off the press, brilliant! Yeah, yeah. This is this is something that we are working, and we and, and and it's awesome because 
yeah. uh, we we try to understand and it and how how can we we well, we see this in this uh, very cliche t-shirts mugs uh, that we are stronger together and in this totally. case we are stronger together right uh, yeah. so that's that's the yeah. basis of it yeah but what i like about that renato is um you know it's almost you know irrespective of what's happening with the international scene and covid and those restrictions mm-hmm. that you're finding non-airline partnerships as a way to differentiate and make your gold members feel super special and i think the heathrow express is a perfect example of that yeah now this year uh this years they mm-hmm. the, the the no air that we call no air partnerships they were super important for us to uh keep recognizing our customers right so we had different initiatives uh, in place where okay. uh, loyalty programs they just simply extended uh the 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 the, the expiration date for their yeah. tier levels uh, but sure. we had as well some loyalty programs that we didn't so we have one standard that is that only yeah. uh, air miles can be used to grant status to the customer in an alliance uh, perspective. But okay. this year uh, we had uh, the exception that loyalty programs they could connect with their non-air partners and grant mm-hmm. status based as well in some of these uh, 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 partnerships that they have. So they had the possibility of offering that. Yeah. Uh, besides ex- uh, expanding the their uh, their expiration date, so individually wow. the loyalty yes. programs decided to use this, and 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 that's and it was super important to to keep uh, activity, to keep engagement, and to keep uh, the, the 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 brand co- uh, relationship right that yeah. this loyalty program has with their yeah. customers uh, and the alliance consequently. Of course, absolutely. I really like that. And and certainly as with my customer hat on, I would love to see that one continue. Um, I'm not sure how the debates will go. I'm sure you'll have plenty <laughs> of discussion. So so let's say in two years time or goodness knows how long when normal, full normality has returned, mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see if you keep that um, position and policy or if it reverts to you travel with an airline to get status, you know? Yeah, it's about learning how to live in this new normal, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, not not uh, completely putting it aside, but yeah. understanding it, uh, yeah. and 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 understanding how we can correlate. Maybe we won't have like a full allowance. Maybe we will have percentage or something like that that will make sense for for our carriers, and we will still support our yeah. core business that is traveling, right? But yeah. we need to understand the new behavior, the impact that the new behavior has in this customer's way mm. of doing business and mm. how can we can we be sure that we allow these customers to have this face-to-face interaction that like directions that will never never end because yeah. they are still they will still be important right they totally will. Yeah. And even, you know, obviously business travelers are a key focus um, for any frequent flyer program. And I'm sure it's by far the the dominant membership. But also what I did love, I was researching just again, the, the number of destinations um, for things like the round the world tickets, um, which is obviously, a you know, a tourist product. So again, I'm sure it's pre-COVID numbers, but 1300 destinations, 762 million passengers a year flying mm-hmm. with Star Alliance 
so so I guess there's there's an important opportunity again in the new normal. These people, again, I think there's like this built up, um, pent up demand that people mm-hmm. do want to get back on planes when they feel safe to do so. So it'll be fascinating to see how that behavior um, evolves. Yeah, this will be a new era for loyalty in the alliance level and, and with the, the frequent flyer programs as well. Like how yeah. to address uh, this leisure customers, as you said. Yeah, exactly. uh, we hear many CEOs from airlines saying that uh, the leisure segment will be more and more important. But how yeah. do we address that with the yeah. loyalty strategy that was built uh, yeah. in the <laughs> traditional way of granting more yeah. f- according to frequency, right? Uh, mm-hmm. So how can we address the ones that are traveling maybe once, twice, three times per year, but yeah. we have many different people that has this behavior, right? Yeah. That we yeah. might replace a seat of a corporate customer that would be flying, but now because of the new normal, because of a change in behavior is reducing the amount of flights. So you're right. Mm-hmm. I think, and this is a challenge for the upcoming months and years, how traditional yeah. and loyalty programs that were well-established yeah. focus on business travel will now serve um, the, this leisure segment. We have mm-hmm. some initiatives uh, mm-hmm. with our members, like with, mm-hmm. and, and it goes through, partnering with non-air uh, partners as well uh, yeah. with, with with this daily and more um, uh, focused uh, experienced experience that they are not including maybe just a super big uh, mm. travel plan yeah. uh, uh, but but still they can feel recognized and then they can they can feel uh, uh, that that there there is value in that relationship with the with the company mm. and with the alliance so yeah. uh, well there is this uh this trend of cashback programs uh, will this be an alternative to the regular uh yeah um, uh, mileage earn and burn i i don't i i don't know i don't mm. have that clear but we de- yeah. should definitely study how and alternatives of how to address loyalty yes. for the leisure customers for the visiting yeah. friends and relatives segment how totally. could we create yeah. uh, this uh, value proposition and th- this is this is a work in progress still that we are learning and we need yeah. to have these partnerships in place but then again yeah the, it always starts it starts with the airlines that okay. will create this then mm-hmm. we will create standards for for them to offer to each other customers Mm-hmm. And after that, it will it will become an alliance, an alliance core value, yeah, yeah. To, to, yeah. to to allow these customers to have the seamless experience. So mm. there is a process. We are part yeah. of this discussion, yeah. but it's not the immediate impact in the alliance travelers. So let's see, let's yes. see. It's very interesting. We are not. We won't have the same uh, the same scenario that we used to have. So mm. we will have to innovate. And we have yes. to invest in innovation as well. <laughs> I love it. I'm, I'm a big fan of innovation, as you know, Renato. And actually, uh, today, as we're recording, um, I was super impressed to see the new innovation hub that the Star Alliance literally just announced today. So you guys are currently based in Frankfurt, but there's going to be a new location, I believe, in Singapore. Yeah, you're right. Uh, this this uh, was just announced and uh, we, are, we are eager to, uh, to uh, structure this, uh, yeah. but uh, I've personally 
visited uh, Singapore before, uh, and uh, I've seen some many startups. They have their uh, offices there, sure. and uh, it will be a, an opportunity for the alliance uh, to build up the partnerships to to even to capture talent as well. Um, yeah. So it's it's uh, um, I'm very um, very uh, excited uh, with this news to see how how this future will be shaped, right? But mm-hmm. uh, you're right. So it's, it's this is brand news. This is brand brand news. <laughs> Hot off the presses today. Yes. <laughs> so as and when you're allowed to travel, which I'm hoping is quite soon. Actually, what is the position? I know from a personal perspective, I guess you can make your own decisions. But just as things stand at the moment, you know, within you know, I suppose our alliance, is it okay to travel on business, or is it still preferred you don't? Or how are you guys managing that from a professional perspective? Well. Um, we believe that uh, as as soon as we get to the point that uh, it's uh, it's okay to travel, and I mean it's safe to travel, and mm. it's the regulations, the uh, governments, they allow people to travel. We should be the first ones, okay, to 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 be the example, right? Yeah. Uh, of course, we have to respect every uh, government decision and and, yeah. and the, the health authorities knowledge yeah. on this but yeah. as soon as we get there okay there are green lights we should yeah. be the first ones in this queue in this in this oh, line and we race. expect to yeah. do that yeah yeah personally yeah. I expect to do that <laughs> For sure. Absolutely. Good. Well, well, me too. (laughs) Again, I mean, I don't travel on business, but I do travel uh, on personal um, basis and I'm looking forward and hoping to do that. And we know the protocols are are not fun, but um, they are essential. And I think we've all kind of recognized that. And I'm certainly willing, like you, to do whatever it takes. Um, the only other real question I had just as a general loyalty one now, so this mightn't even be airline specific, Renato, but I'm just picking your brain because you have <laughs> access to so much of the um, the industry. And it's really around the idea of paid loyalty programs. So it's something that I find super fascinating. We've seen, you know, obviously Amazon Prime um, really kind of knocking it out of the park, I think, in terms of, you know, building a VVVIP experience, I think, for anybody. So is this something that you see more of maybe within the airline context or or even, you know, there in Germany where you're based? Well, yeah. If, if, I, if, I, if I could pick this two, the two trends to explore more, one will be the cashback trend. Okay. That is huge here yeah. in yeah. retail, for example. I've been... I've, I've been uh, thinking a lot about how the model could be applied. The model that is so successful with airlines could be applied yeah. in other segments with all this, the retail yeah. uh, industry, uh, uh, with uh, with the uh, fintech industry, with payments. Um, sure. So I really believe that there's a lot to be developed in that in that area. Uh, okay. Cashback is one of that, and and the other one, the subscriptions. That you mm-hmm. mentioned could be mm-hmm. could be a different approach, uh, um, and uh, to have access to this uh, Prime mm-hmm. services, right? I yeah. personally, I am a Prime member. I use it every time to get Me my <laughs> my yeah. things, and uh, but I'm also a cashback customer, so I don't think it's related only to 
to uh, uh, one specific target audience. It could it could address different 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 types of target audience. But uh, I don't believe that uh, in in the short term this could be applied to to the airline segment. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, for uh, travel or leisure customers could be an alternative mm-hmm. in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of our loyalty programs, uh, they have a subscription uh, as as an option to have access to to some of their of yeah. their benefits to their local benefits, and it has been mm-hmm. quite successful in Brazil. For example, we have we have programs that also have this subscription model that they can get access to a specific amount of mileage earned every month. So if they are planning to to have a, a trip in the end of the year, they can mm-hmm. start paying for it now. And it, oh. it's a super interesting revenue source for the loyalty program. Oh, and I like it, that. It could yeah. be, it could be a, a, a good thing for the customer as well, right, to, to start yeah. planning this trip and maybe having access to a different availability or maybe having access to a different set of yeah. benefits. So this yeah. is quite common in Brazil. Wow. I've seen that. Um, okay. So, could be maybe not just like the same model that Amazon Prime has, like subscri- fully subscription, but mm-hmm. maybe some different aspects uh, could be could be applied as well. But yeah. I think that's incredibly insightful, Renato. Um, and you've reminded me of an article um, called The Bank of Starbucks, which essentially talks about the prepayment value. And it's in the billions of dollars. I don't have the figure to hand, but I will make sure in this show notes to talk about and link to this Bank of Starbucks article, because I think anybody, uh, particularly in travel, really thinking prepayment, I think that's a genius idea. I've seen it back in my home country of Ireland, where people prepay for Christmas or big spend. Um, But for that to be facilitated now, I just think there's something very big in that as a possibility. And again, cash flow is king, particularly right now. So um, super interesting idea and definitely keen to hear more. I I would say that it will vary a lot about uh, uh, considering the target audience. So Mm -hmm. for example, the, the, the example that you just gave, about yeah. Starbucks, and I am a yeah. fan. I love Starbucks. Everyone yeah. that knows me knows that I'm, I'm I'm a big fan, and I buy all of the time Starbucks coffee. Um, yeah. And I used to be part of their loyalty program in Brazil, but mm. I'm not part of the loyalty program that they have here in Germany because it's not the same. It's not as effective. So why okay. that? Because because the target audience is different here. They have we mm. have different behavior here. Yeah. Um, so uh, it. All of this will have to vary according mm. to the region, according to the cultural aspects, according to the local behavior, right? So sure. it doesn't mean that that uh, one yeah. answer suits all. And I've seen that. And then I can That's bring true. it from yeah. my experience with the different loyalty programs in the globe. So, yeah. for example, we have this huge um, trend of super apps and QR code payment in Asia, but sure. it's not applicable to every to every country. So yeah. uh, even this trend should be analyzed like according to the to the the customer. So if I have mm. to say something, study mm. the target audience and test totally. test test yeah, totally for launching any any <laughs> new initiative. Oh, my goodness, Renato. Wow. Well, that's absolutely brilliant advice to finish on. Is there anything else that you wanted to mention from your side? 
Thank you very much for the opportunity, Paula. I, after, uh, after our first chat, I've been following you and your podcast, and it's incredible uh, uh, the rich conversations that you that you have with your mm. with all the people that you've been talking to. It's a super interesting uh, uh, channel for loyalty experts or curious people, right? Uh, to, that want to learn <laughs> totally. more about the loyalty and the business world because loyalty yeah. for me goes beyond marketing goes beyond it, it it's a, a business strategy right uh totally and I, and yeah. most of us they, we came from marketing but um i think yeah. it's super important and it, it's part of a company culture right of addressing uh the most important customers the most valuable customers to focus mm -hmm. on retaining them and not acquiring uh, more customers uh, and spending more money sometimes. So it's a business decision. It's more yeah. than just a marketing initiative. It's yeah. a business decision. Totally, totally. And I've often said, in fact, Renato, that the reason I call the show Let's Talk Loyalty and not Let's Talk Loyalty Programs is exactly that point you've just made. So thank you for that. I know you mm -hmm. are listening to lots of podcasts. I'm super thrilled you're listening to mine. So on that note, I want to say Renato Ramos, uh, Director of Loyalty at Star Alliance. Thank you so much. From Let's Talk Loyalty. Thank you. This show is sponsored by The Wise Marketeer, the world's most popular source of loyalty marketing news, insights, and research. The Wise Marketeer also offers loyalty marketing training through its Loyalty Academy, which has already certified over 170 executives in 20 countries as certified loyalty marketing professionals. For more information, check out thewisemarketeer.com and loyaltyacademy.org. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Loyalty. If you'd like me to send you the latest show each week, simply sign up for the show newsletter on letstalkloyalty.com and I'll send you the latest episode to your inbox every Thursday. Or just head to your favorite podcast platform, find Let's Talk Loyalty and subscribe. Of course, I'd love your feedback and reviews and thanks again for supporting the show. Music